Well, we're here at the epicenter. Made to run studio of St. Helens. We're looking out there. A beacon of light, of hope, here in sunny St. Helens. And we today have the mother of all mothers on the Mother of All Podcasts. This could be billed as her finest hour, Mrs. Rachel Furclough. Welcome to the show! <laughs> Welcome Thank to the show, you. Rachel. Thank you. So come on, tell us what you've been up to this week. Running, of course. Really? Yeah, mixed with working. Um, did ten miles this morning with Mark. Had tired legs because yesterday Kelly and I decided to do the virtual St. Helens 10K on the actual 10K course, which is quite different to running it as a, as a race because there's no crowds, no spectators. Is that no your Frank ex- with his whistle. Is that your excuse for you down in fifth at the moment, apparently? Is that Am I? I was fourth when I left the house. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting my excuses in early. It's tough not doing any hill work for about six months, so really? it was a shock to the system. But yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> We're well, picking up some new racing shoes as well today, aren't you? I so, am, yeah, uh, yeah. Really looking forward to them. Yeah. Could have given um, them a test run yesterday, but I got them a bit earlier for you. I know, yeah. <laughs> how does this technology work? Because you know I'm, I've just got Casio, but what, how does it work? What's going on here in the what, virtual world? What you know, do you mean? It's the trainers? No, the, the, the race, it was virtual. It was, you know, you were floating on some kind of... <laughs> what's happening? Well, if for those people who ran with the app, then the idea is you can track people in real time and you don't have to do the, the St. Helens course. You could have run any 10K distance or you know outside your front door if you wanted to and you, you can have the app you've got to have your phone with you or no 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 so no. we just did it off our off our watches and then when we got back linked it to the app and then you could see that we ran the the actual course minus right. the the stadium bit obviously very good very see, good. I, see i was i wasn't going to run at all mm. because because obviously i'm injured at the moment and i can only run indoors on the treadmill so i wasn't going to do it and then uh I was following along yesterday and all the posts and stuff and, and the, the leader the, 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 what the leader came out when he was running something like 36 minutes and, and they were saying he could be on the podium he could, he could have been on the podium in a normal year and I was like no he couldn't no, and I no. wanted to go outside today and run it <laughs> and so I started looking last night I thought right you know I've got to download this app I'm going to do that and then I found out I, I, I didn't even enter it oh. I didn't even enter it this year I thought I had I thought I got the early bird last year straight away and actually both me and Jade aren't entered at all so oh, really? we couldn't have run it even if we wanted to See, so <laughs> I entered it in I think it was December when things were starting to look a bit promising for, for spring races I entered it and within a week we were back in lockdown and the race had gone virtual so did, I only entered it quite last minute but did you and Kelly sort of race it out though no, together we were, or you yeah we were a, a temp, tempo see how we get on and then for me the hills just, just took it out yeah. of me, whereas Kelly was flying up and then that's that Billings, that Billings lifestyle, well, isn't it? Well, I know, it, she though? lives on a hill, so it's, it's paying off. <laughs> she's moved lower down the hill, though, now, hasn't she? She does, yeah. Every <laughs> time she obviously goes up. She's and she won't be far away, far away from your good self because you've moved also, Rachel. Yes, now living well, back in Rainford. That's where I'm from originally, yeah, so yeah, I've moved yeah, to Rainford. Yeah, yeah. So I think, we're, I think we're three miles away from each other now. Right, yeah. Yeah, beautiful place, Rainford. Beautiful place. Yeah, it's lovely. Matthew. So... On that, on that point, though, the, the organisers have decided to, to say, you know, at this point that you're not happy about that people are 36 minutes to be on the podium. It's a blatant lie, a blatant lie. Well I, well, I was 31, you were 32, and Charlie was 33 last year. Yeah. Uh, the year before, yeah. I was 32, I think. Um, I think Chris Parnell was, was a minute behind at 33. 
three or something like that, and I can't remember who was, or it might have been a strider actually, was, was might have got in between me and Chris Pownall the year before, oh, possibly. Um, was he not, was he not your cousin? No. James, maybe. Or was that, the, that might have been the year, I think James was the year before, the year before that. John's done it a few times, hasn't he? John. Yeah, John Ashcroft. So the year, yeah, be, yeah. yeah, so go back four years, John would have, he was the winner there, I was running mm. up to him there. Um five years now is that but um yeah so the the times i, I think 36 minutes was a, was a, was a he wouldn't be on the podium <laughs> no he wouldn't be but he had, he had anyway, me fired up to go out and race it was, it was a very good run yeah he's a dellasal teacher but he's been, he's been, he's been overtaken that school i learned nothing <laughs> he's been overtaken by a, a rugby player i think now uh that's run 34 minutes so that that could get on the that would get Rob, on the podium and rugby uh, players quite a few can't years, run yeah. thirty four minutes, can they? Rugby players. So is Greg in second now? Then because Greg was yeah. leading when I left. Oh, bloody hell, I've only been oh no, Greg. Twenty minutes. I'm sure Greg was leading. Greg Hale. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've, yeah. they've announced him as a rugby player. He's is a he? rugby player, is he? Greg, who is Maybe Greg? Is. I don't know. On the on the, on the, uh, on the oh, okay, the on the live there. feed. Yeah, on the live feed, yeah. All right. Or football player, I don't know. Yeah. They're all the same sports to me. They're not as good as running. <laughs> Come on, Rachel, tell us about yourself. Um, you, you came into the sport, what age? You know, How did you get involved? Okay. Who inspired you? That's a really big question. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly had her dancing story, so go yeah, on. Yeah, she did. I don't have a story as exciting as, as that. Um, I, don't, I didn't have any real much experience as a, as a youth um, in running, so I don't have an athletics background particularly, but I was quite sporty, so play hockey, netball, badminton, used to do a bit of cycling, do a lot of walks in the Lake District with my parents and stuff like that. Um, in fact, I think at school, I was put on a cross-country team in the Merseyside into schools league match and I actually came last. So that's like my claim to fame. <laughs> when I was 14, I came last out the whole of, of Merseyside and, you know, wind forward 15 years and I'm selected to represent the county. So I think that's quite... But when you wind, for, when, when you wind forward, you weren't always running throughout these, this period, or were you? No, 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 I did, well, no, just, I, did, when, I just turned up and did a cross-country race. It's no wonder I came last, because I didn't run. Yeah. Actually, so you, you got, so you got, because um, you've run for Striders now for... Yeah, uh, fifth, uh, I joined in 2006, so fifth in my 15th year with yeah. Striders. But um, I know a certain coach who, who sadly passed away uh, last year, Phil Thomas, uh, sort of cornered you at, a, at the, the park run, at didn't the he? Farm, and, and, yeah, and, yeah. And what hailed to some of your, your success over the, the, the last sort of... Well, five, Ten, yeah, five, yeah, five, five years, years yeah. Plus. So, um, just just going back to, to John Joe's original question, I, I think I ended a race for life when I was about nineteen. You know, the charity five days, yeah. trained for that myself, did okay, and then I thought, I know I'll do a half marathon. Got a place in the Great North Run. Not really too sure how because these days they're like gold dust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. tickets, aren't they? Um, and then I did that, and then I, and then I thought, I'm, I quite like running. I'll I'll keep it up, and I'd left university by that point and come back to to Rainford, and then I found the Striders. So I joined the Striders. It's a really good setup. Um, quite a small group back in those days. There's only like 30 members. If you got six people out at a training session, that was a busy night. No, never mind now when we have like 50, 60 people out. Um, wasn't really coached. Just sort of trained myself. Did a couple of marathons and half marathons and was getting better. And then Phil, as he would do, he'd go down to Park Run and scout for, for people to, to take on. And then um, he collared me after a, after a park run. And, uh, for those of you who know Phil, he's not um, 
it wasn't backwards and coming forwards, shall we say. <laughs> so um, he accosted me at Parkrun and within about a week or so, he'd grabbed my phone number from somebody, rang me at home and then I was, I was down <laughs> at the track, doing a track session. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm not too sure people are meant to give up people's phone numbers, but obviously it all worked out well and it, 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 it was good. So yeah, I was doing a VO2 max session around the track and then he introduced me to um, a summer of, of track racing for, for striders. It was quite important to him that, uh, and for me as well, that I stayed with St. Helens Striders, but obviously I joined Sutton as like a second claim. Yeah. So I ran the track for Sutton, um, second claim. Um, and then he sort of developed me into a, a better athlete, really, and helped me to um, you joined, focus a few th- on a few things. You joined the Striders in 2006. How old were you then, if you don't 20, mind? 22. 22? What does that make it? 22. I'm 37. 37 years yeah, of age. This year I am. So at 22. Yeah. So I, start, I started it, running when I was 20, basically. Or like 19, 20 when I was in university. Yeah, you started sort of, and then you decided to join the Striders. Yeah. Who inspired you to do that? Google. Google. Because I didn't really know anything about running clubs because okay. I hadn't come through that club right, yeah. background. So I didn't even know there were any clubs in St. Helens, right, and there yeah. were two Sutton. And Striders, and yeah. I thought Striders had the better website, so I joined Striders. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Def- definitely have the better website, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> still, I still do. But I was thinking on the way here, actually, imagine if I joined Sutton and met Phil 10 years earlier. Yeah. How different my life might have looked, because, you know, he might have caught me at an earlier age, I might have done other things at an early point in time. And yeah. Not, not to say I don't regret what happened, because, you know, Life's all about making choices and yeah, where yeah. you end up. But it's just funny, like that moment, of, it had a better website and I joined Striders. That and was that's the reason, yeah. That's the reason. Yeah. And the the website itself, I believe, has been updated a couple of years ago, maybe. They had an, yeah, it's, it's even better just, now. Just, <laughs> just talk, I've heard there's talks about it being updated again. No, I know, <laughs> yeah. I know, yeah. Um, so, 2006, 22, you joined the Striders and then you started... To develop and develop until you really got serious. Is this when you met Dr. Phil? Yeah, I was starting to get a bit more serious yeah. um, because I was still doing my HR qualification uh, up until I was about 27, 28. So I didn't have a lot of spare time at the weekends. And once that was out of the way, yeah. I um, had more time, therefore could devote more time to running. And then obviously I met Phil, so it all kind of aligned at the at the right, same yeah. time. And then obviously I started my regular sort of track sessions on a Tuesday and we formed a little a little group called PT Track Therapy, which is Phil Thomas Track Therapy. Right, yeah. Uh, and he moved you, because he moved you, because you were doing, you were sort of doing marathons and stuff really before that, weren't you? Yeah, and he moved yeah. you back and, back and pulled you back into that up, that sort of traditional sort of um, training of, of get on the track, build the speed up and everything like that, and then obviously, with obviously probably the long-term goal to go back to the marathon, but underpinned by that yeah, speed work and things. Yeah. and because that's the stuff I'd missed because I hadn't been a junior yeah. runner, so it took a few years to sort of make up for that in a way and I'm, you know I'm not a natural track runner I'm okay and I got some decent times and I'm quite happy with the times that I've got you know a 10 I think I got 10.36 for a 3k which is you know You're northern not, not northern 10,000 meter <laughs> champion yeah. as well yeah. there's only three of us on the track so yeah only <laughs> races there on the day can't exactly so yeah <laughs> you got me the uh, the northern 10,000 meter medal so that yeah. so I'm in a book um because UK Athletics do a book every year of, of um, sort of people who've won various titles. I'm on, I'm on the same page as Jessica Ennis. That's like the little claim to fame. The year that I won Northern 10,000 title, she won something at the same time. So we're on the same page. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so you met 
Dr. Phil, you were approximately 28, 29, Yeah, no, 30? I might have even been 30, actually, just before yeah. me and Pete got married, so yeah, I think I was perhaps about 30. And then things started to materialise. Yeah, 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 and, I know. And some of your successes, what would you, you've ran for England as a veteran? Yeah, so yeah, so when I turned 35, it was always my ambition to try and reach um, Masters level, or England Masters level, um, and I did so at the... Uh, Cross country, so uh, in entry. yeah, it's held in entry. Just, just before the COVID, uh, yeah, storm. yeah. So I'm really, really pleased I managed to do that. So I managed to get my first England vest, and I was, I think, I was the youngest person racing because I'd only turned 35 in September, and the race was in November. Right, and you, you continue to do that, hopefully. Yeah. Year on year. Yeah, that'll be my. Now I've done it once, and obviously my name is is there. And you're racing helps, against. You're racing against 35 to 40. Uh, well, all the age groups are pulled together, so it's one big race, mm. but it's obviously a race within a race within your age category as right. well. So you, you have overall winners, and then you'd also get winners within your age category, and then team. And team the category well. is, is five, five years five or ten? Years. Five years five from 35 years. for both male and, and female. So that's the one downside with COVID is that I feel like I've, I've missed out on my first year of, of running as a vet, you know, because there's other opportunities to run for England on the road, for example, in your yeah. athletics, I've got a similar sort of system where you can take part in qualifying races. And if you obtain a certain position and time, you can get an England vest. So how have you managed with this COVID? You know, it's been going on for quite a while now. Yeah. So this, I, I, this, I, I, this government that you that you voted in, Rachel, because we, we know you're a Tory supporter. Who told you that? Well, well, did you vote for Boris? I didn't vote for Brexit. Well, you voted for Boris. I actually voted Lib Dem. Oh, really? Because I knew that Tory vote wouldn't count in St. Helens because obviously they didn't get very many votes. But this is not a political podcast. No, no, but, but, you know... So if you listen to some of the shows, it does go down this route quite often. (laughs) (laughs) The government that you support, you know, how do you... Yeah, I take take that on board. How do you feel about the way they've handled this last year or more? I've got the benefit of working for an international organisation, and so I'm talking to other... HR leads in other countries, and I can't say that any other country's done any better. Right. Yeah, well, I'm not saying they've done any work. Yeah, but, but, you know. Yeah, I, I just, I just say to, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a, a Labour voter if we're going to go political on it, but, but I don't think anyone would have done any better than what. No, or different. Or different yeah. than what's been done anyway. To be yeah. fair, um, if anything, I think they'd have done worse because everyone looks like they've got no interest or no real idea of what to do sort of thing and i don't think boris has and and, and the rest of the conservative party have, but at least they've had to do something because they've been in power and what they've done is what they've done and whether it's right or wrong who knows but i think it's uh they've at least gone and done something whereas i think labor have sort of sat in the background and, and messed around for the, the last sort of probably the last five years to be fair under corbyn and now under uh Farmer Starman. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The, yeah, um, it's, it's difficult. Yeah, yeah. But what I will say is, if you look, there's a difference in how east the eastern part of the world, you know, like um, I think it's Japan and Taiwan and those sorts of countries. There's a couple others I can't remember them now. They've had lower rates, lower death rates, and lower infection rates than the western part of the world. And I think that tells you a bit more, perhaps, about how civilization and society is. This developed. idea, though, that we're all, you know, everyone's, you know, similarly dealt with it. But some parts of the world, they, I believe, they haven't. You know, it's it's life is as normal. You know, it's ordinary. I don't know. It's, what, all, it's just what you places. see in the media, isn't it? But the the one yeah. the one thing I suppose, and getting it back to on a on a running side of things on mm-hmm. this one is, 
how we've dealt with it, I suppose, from a from a sporting standpoint. I I run on the treadmill this morning. Was watching the Sound Running event, which took place. Um, uh, well, it took place yesterday in America. Uh, it was broadcast at three a.m. this morning in the UK, um, and had some great races there. And it, it's sort of back to normal with races. Yeah, there's not much crowd support or anything yet, but there's there's mm-hmm. plenty of opportunities out in the states. Uh, this is a I think the fourth or fifth. Um, big meet that I've watched out from out there um, that's got given people a chance in Olympic year to get out and, and race not just those that are already sort of at the elite level but those sitting at that, that sub elite level which I know we spoke about on the podcast last time and I think yeah in the, in the, in the UK there seems to be this real lack of sort of ability to actually put anything together and that's not the conservatives that's that's england athletics and uk athletics i think they're mm-hmm. that are, are letting down the sport in a way and i think they have done for for many years but i think especially through this whole um covid uh, and lockdowns and things like that they've they've really let down the, the athletes and the, mm-hmm. the people who pay the memberships every year and things like that, the clubs yeah. um i think they've, they've let them down and um, you know, and I think the sports in a, in a what could be in a fantastic place. It looks like it's in a fantastic place out in America, at least from from the way the commentators are building it up and, yeah. and, and where yeah. the times are going. And a lot of our top Brits are, are either getting out to Europe or getting out to the states. Ailish McCoglin was out there racing again. Um, she had to pull out actually yeah, in, no, in the five thousand. Um, Mark uh, Mark Scott ran a, a fantastic race and I think mm-hmm. went fourth all time on the UK five thousand meter rankings with a thirteen oh five. I know he wanted to break thirteen minutes, but um, there's some great opportunities going. Josh Kerr as well in the 1500 meters was another great performance from a Brit there. But um, you know, yeah, I think I think from a sports standpoint, it's a real letdown, and we're seeing a couple of races. I know you, you, yourself was um, entered in the the half marathon in, in Repton yeah, with, with Kelly. Yeah. Um, I'm doing the marathon that day. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, that's going to go ahead in, in April. It, it might be moved to somewhere in Cheshire. Um, yeah, um, um, <laughs> um, um, but we'll find out soon. Hopefully. Um, but yeah, I think we're sort of really let down in the chance to be able to race, especially, you know, the likes of ourselves at that sort of sub elite level where we're just trying to break through, and and even then the masses as well, uh, you know, that want to get out. And obviously, the stuff yeah. like the virtual ten k today was great and great to see on peop- on Facebook and things like that people fired up and wanting to get out and run. But so I think that call for races to return is there, and it's mm. it's difficult how you do it. But a lot of other countries seem to be doing it. Yeah. Bring Rachel in there. Because there was a race on yesterday, um, the ten thousand meter track race in Wales. Wales, yeah. So I'm assuming Welsh Welsh athletics have been able to put something on because Lily Partridge, I think, yeah. won it for the for the ladies, didn't she? So um, clearly, this thing's happening, but I don't know what's preventing that from happening in, in the UK. I mean, I just going back to your comments about masters. I guess the difficulty putting on masters events is the fact that everyone's a lot older, and so by nature of that, there's a risk. That you're putting older people t- together who might be more susceptible to, to catching COVID. You know, it's just it's just inviting more problems to potentially happen, isn't it? And I guess somewhere you've got to draw the line. Um, I mean, I think for me, yeah, racing is it's an important part of your training program. That's the element now that's missing for me and for a lot of people. But you know, lockdown and COVID and the fact that most people who work from home have had more time to train, perhaps and more time to, to do other things and probably get a better balance on, on life. So training's been really consistent for me, apart from a few a few niggles, but last year was like my biggest ever mileage year, so I can't I can't knock it. Because yeah. it's all it's all in your legs, isn't it? For yeah, yeah. for future use. 
Yeah, interesting. And I suppose that that brings on a, an interesting point, and this is this will again go over John Joe's head, and you can see him glazing over at the moment with the current discussion because he doesn't follow <laughs> athletics not, in, in any way. Um, but um, obviously, we, we've got a lot of talk at the moment with performances, so some fantastic performances coming out um, from UK athletes, from um, athletes abroad and stuff. We've got the European Indoor Champs going on this weekend, yeah. um, some great races uh, happening there. Um, but there's a lot of people, you know, um, the, the great example is Mark Scott a couple of weeks ago around 10,000 metres, um, very low 27 minute uh, time clocking that he ran. Um, and literally the first person to comment, uh, comment on it was Tim Hutchins, who just sort of went, I don't believe it, it's down to the shoes. Um, what's the sort of, you know, and obviously there's that big debate about the shoes and its performance, but it's, for me, it's taken away from the performance of the athletes. And I've, I've said this all along regarding the shoes. I think there is some benefits to it. Mm. I don't think it's a performance benefit. I think it's a recovery benefit. I think you don't, I mean, running them, I don't feel as um, destroyed and, and battered okay. after a hard performance. Um, I, I, after wearing a pair of shoes like that, but I don't necessarily think it benefits me hugely in terms of the performance in the running. I think it's the, the hard work and the training you've got to put in to, to do that. Um, but there's a lot sort of detracting away from, from the athletes out there who are running great performances. Um, I suppose the thing is, like we just said, there's a lot of time for people to train. So the performances coming now are from people haven't had a race every weekend. They haven't, they've been able just to focus on yeah. getting in miles, getting in some really solid, consistent training. Mm. Um, yeah, they'll have you know a small, a marginal percent, percentage from the shoes, but they've got you know altitude camps. They've got um, all the nutrition benefits that we've got now and things like that. And I think you know, is it time just to? put the, the, the shoe conversation behind us and just crack on and, and enjoy the fantastic performances we're, we're seeing. Yeah, if everyone's wearing the shoes, it wouldn't be an issue, would it? If, you know, if everyone had the shoes to begin with, then you could comment on people's performances and not and not the shoes. And I think it will get to that point where everyone wants a, a part of the cake. You know, they, they want to start off on, the, off on an even playing field. So certainly more brands have started to bring out their own version like Brooks have brought out their own, their own version yeah. and every um, every brand's every got brand one now yeah even even, a, a, uh, a even Puma's ahead. Puma's got involved in it now and they've been yeah. away from the sport for a while so I mean it's a shit you know obviously if I was Mark Scott and just ran that time and got on the on, fourth, fourth on the all time UK list you know it's quite an achievement um, he's a very talented runner <laughs> you know can't take that away from him um, but there'll always be people who say it's because of the shoes so Okay, very different pair of shoes and see what happens. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a difficult one. Um, I, want, I must admit, part of me wonders whether people, when they wear these shoes, because they know it's going to help them, does that then impact them mentally? You know, if, if you have a little, little study, you have placebo trainers. Yeah, so you yeah. see what the, what the performance effects are. I, I, I definitely think it does from a... Just because I always think running is, is, a, is a lot mental. There's a lot of mental side of if the running side. Yeah, you know, yeah, if you're yeah. feeling good and you're feeling strong about your performance and your yeah. fitness and things like that. And if putting on a pair of shoes makes you feel like you're going to go faster in it, then that is then going to boost that. And I mean, the thing with the spikes as well on the tracks is the big thing with the road shoes is that it was the, the complaint with this, this carbon plate in it, making it like a spring sort mm. of action in there. Well, that doesn't exist in the, in the spikes. There isn't, it's no, not a carbon no, plate. No. It's just a foam. It's a mm. soft foam, uh, the zoom X foam from, from Nike and other brands have got theirs. Um, and as I say, all that really does is take that, that impact away. And for the distance of events like the five and the 10,000, if you can take that pressure off the joints and the muscles and stuff like that over those distances, of course, it's going to improve. But yeah, yeah. that was the same sort of, I suppose, upgrade from having cinder tracks and stuff like that to having the synthetic tracks that True. we've got, um, you know, and the leaps in performances that occurred 
in that time frame when when that when that difference uh, when that happened and and obviously some people didn't have access to synthetic tracks for a while it took a while for that yeah. um so yeah I, I think some of some of these dinosaurs like uh, tim hutchins uh, as a as a quote from um, I think uh, one of the coaches out in America said, um, you know, just need to get on with it and, and just talk about the performances and stop criticizing people for for the shoes. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's face it, they're, they're here now, aren't they? And it's you know, if you look at cycling and how much money that like, British Cycling and other organisations have spent on improving the bikes and the aerodynamics of even like your shoe, and you look at every single minute, that's all that's happening. But with with running, and obviously you can't have too much technology when you're running because by very nature it's you know you're propelling yourself forward on, on two feet but yeah tweaks are getting made with with trainers and um, we're going on to your point about you know running being a, a you know a mental thing phil used to always say it was five percent physical and the rest was yeah was mental it's like it's how you how you deal with it yeah definitely definitely especially on the, the distant the distance races yeah, as well. yeah yeah rachel you're a very keen cyclist i wouldn't say keen yeah, I mean, I'm not out all the time on the bike because I'm usually running, but I um, do. I, I dabble in. Ti- I do do triathlon. Yes. How do you find that benefits your your running, or does it? Interesting, because obviously I heard your interview with Kelly, and I know your view is that it doesn't necessarily benefit your running. I don't, I don't think I said that. Did I? Uh, no, in, indirectly, you or you inferred that you didn't always see. Oh, what do you What do you think? Oh, I think it for me. For me, I think it does. I mean, I've. Um, I've cycled on and off now, I've, or done triathlons the last eight years, on and off, obviously, in between like having Sam and, uh, and injuries, and perhaps when I've been focusing more on certain uh, you know, like marathons or half marathons, I've not had as much time for it. But I can't deal with heavy mileage. Um, I'm doing 40 miles a week at the moment, and that's kind of, for where I am with work and everything else, I can't really do any more because I just won't be able to cope with it, and I'd probably end up breaking my leg again or something. So my six... Breaking your leg again? Yeah, I'll come on to that in a second. When I fractured my leg in 2016. Oh, yeah. Okay, so my sixth session is on bike because it's low impact. You can get your high cadence so you can replicate your fast legs. You're not as fatigued afterwards because obviously your weight has been carried by the by the seat or you can do it on a cross trainer. And quite a lot of professional athletes use bikes or cross training to increase their mileage. Like Elish McCorgan before Rio 2016 was averaging 40 miles a week and she's a 5K yeah. track runner. And she wouldn't double run. Her second session would be on a bike or a cross trainer. And Steph, I think Steph Davis, who did, I think she did 227 last, not last year, must have been the year before. Um, she was only averaging like 50, 60 miles a week. And again, would do a lot of bike rides and stuff because some people's bodies just can't take yeah. the, the well, distance. We, we, we interviewed um, Johnny Meller uh, and he was all about how he, he, that was one of the things he sort of, worked um when he went over to his, his coach steve vernon and mm-hmm. was trying to get that so he didn't break down and things yeah, like that and that yeah. was a bit of cross training whereas it, and reduced sort of some of the mileage that he, they had previously been doing and things yeah. like that and i enjoy cycling as well to be fair it's nice i cycled here today you know rather than get the car out four miles on the bike and <laughs> swimming and swimming yeah swimming's really good because it helps develop your your, your car your breathing it really helps you control your, your breathing patterns and um, and you can do it when you're injured. You can. That's that's why I don't like swimming because it, it just means I'm injured. If I'm <laughs> if I'm swimming, I'm injured, and it means I can't do anything other than swim. You see, so it's a. That's and it's a good way of stretching out as well, stretching out your muscles. Um, and it's just something. Yeah, I don't get to do a lot of swimming because it's something that I can't do. Um, with you know running, I can push Sam in a pram, and obviously. Pete can take Sam on the bike and I can run next to him, but swimming is something you've got to do on your own. So yeah, it's a bit more challenging. You, you mentioned the 40 miles of breaking down. Mm-hmm. 
Have you tried running on grass? Um, well, I do, I do cross-country training on grass. I do try and do trails, but yeah, I don't do a lot of grass running, but it's something that I could probably consider. But ha- having said that, I've not necessarily got the time to do more than 40 miles a week either. Because, because you're because on, of on the bike. Yeah. No, it's no, more no, miles than what John I'm, Joe's doing at the moment was, anyway. So. Well, okay, work <laughs> full time, got a young family, got other stuff I want, I want to I do. I met Sam the other day. Oh, God, he's a devil. He's running around the <laughs> store. Oh, picking <laughs> things off the shelf. <laughs> I, I, was in the, I was in the range and um, I'd hoped to find a trolley. I mean, the parents will, will sympathise with me here, hopefully. I was trying to find a trolley to put him in. And I couldn't find a trolley, so I had to walk in with a two and a half year old in the range, which he's just got. You get no sympathy there on the Bolivar podcast. And Sam just wanted to to run off, and he kept on. There's loads of toys in there, which I didn't realise. And he was running off, getting all these toys. I want this, mummy, want this, and I was like, oh my goodness! I only wanted this this candle lantern thing. And I managed to get it in the end, and then I saw John Joe by the tail, and Sam was picking up other things and running off with them, and then I was trying to pay. Really stressful. I'm not going to the range again with him. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because many years ago that was a safe way. And my it mother, was, yeah. My mother said the same thing. <laughs> safe way. My brother, yeah. But do you remember the little trolleys you used to get in Safeway? The little kids' trolleys you I'm could get. I'm not that old, Rachel. Oh, you'd say you'd, 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 you'd be years younger than me. No, you don't remember that. Yeah. Here's a um, better event, aren't you? Tomorrow, John Jill? Happy well, birthday, happy birthday to John for John tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow is <laughs> International Women's Day. And how will you be celebrating that day? Um, what you're 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 a leading figure amongst women. Um, That's very kind. No, of I think you are. I think a lot of women they look towards Rachel with a great deal of respect, which I do myself. And we talk about equality. Mm-hmm. I don't understand personally. Women in this country, certainly in this area, they they harp on about inequality. I, I don't personally see inequality. I may see it in. Azerbaijan, but I don't see it around here. Um, I think it depends on... In regards to the recent debate with Joanna Coates, the netballer, Mm -hmm. equality, where was the issue? I didn't see one. Do you see one? Is this in relation to cross-country distances? Yeah, yeah, cross-country. I'm guessing that's what he's he's going towards here. He seems to have forgotten what the point was to be fair. The big debate, yeah, the big debate is... The John Joe doesn't remember yeah, what the debate's okay. about. Cross country. <laughs> um, to be honest, I mean, I love cross country. You know, I do. I, I was one of my favourite disciplines. Um, last year at the Inter Counties, and Jade will, will know this as well. They failed to measure. It was the first time the course re- was equal distance for both yeah. men and women. It was, me- it was meant to be ten k. They mismeasured our course, and it was nearly twelve k. So by the time we finished, we we all hated cross country. We were about to throw <laughs> our boots in, and it was just too it was just too much for us. Um, I'm quite happy sticking to the distances that I do for cross country, yeah, but, but that's uh, a personal thing. I can understand why people want what, to level it out. Why? Why was was the inequality? I don't understand the issue. What is it? Well, I think again, everyone just wants to, to have an equal shot at at something. So when so when you're talking to when I talk to you about cross country, we can both say we both ran the same distance. And that would be a, a step forward towards equality. In their yeah, in their view, but okay. it doesn't it doesn't particularly bother me at cross country. I think it's it's fine the way it is. I mean, the league matches that we you know the northwest league matches, obviously they were around um, together. You know, male and female, and we all ran the same distance, and that that was good. Obviously, when it comes to championships, um, if you think about organisation of the events and all the marshals that you need to have out, and you know, the longer the race, the longer the the event takes as well. So you've got to think about having volunteers to. Going forward, going forward, going forward, in terms of equality within the sport, 
what would you like to see happen if there is anything that, that, that you would um, question? Uh, I think prize money is equal. Okay. As far as I can see for, for male and females, and that's been that's been sorted for quite some time. When the men are running longer distances. Well, to be fair, there doesn't tend to be much prize money for cross country, but in terms of like privately, you know. A bit of a joke, really. Oh, right. But in the tennis, in the tennis, is the prize money the same? I don't know. Maybe it is. I mean, maybe it is. I think it, it should be. I think, I agree maybe, I think it we wouldn't be. pay the same now. I, I, say, I think it is to, now, I think but I don't think now. That, that's only like the last sort of 10 years or so. It should but be. I, do, I agree with you there. And it is, but it is. So find me something that you think that could be. Um, well, I'm, I'm wondering whether, and I don't know much about the subject, but whether sponsorship of, of athletes may, may, you know, do men get more than women? I don't know. I don't well, know. There was a big... And also, oh, sorry. I thought oh. something now. Um, ladies who decide to have babies, who decide to have families and babies. Uh, Nike famously, and I think this is what I was just about to bring yeah, up. <laughs> Nike, Nike famously have, have not had um, clauses in their contract that continue that you know the the sponsorship during. And yeah, before you did say that Nike was light, light years ahead of all these. In terms of yeah, well, they're, they're too busy yeah. developing fancy trainers. Oh. And Alison, and Alison Felix is somebody who um, now she, I can't remember who she's sponsored by now, but she has left Nike. Yeah. But they feel an awful lot of pressure to come back and perform very soon after having a child because they'd lose their sponsorship deals. Now that is that is unfair. But shouldn't you have to be for, to perform is part of the deal, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. But you it's, you you think they should be given more time to get ready to be, yeah, to be able to perform. Yeah. It's the same as it's the same as employment. You would have your maternity leave in a in, mm. in a place of employment. As an athlete, professional athlete you you would be employed under contract, but because it's sort of contractual and it's tied usually to um, usually to an Olympic cycle, so the four year contracts usually in most mm. cases. Um, and even like last year, the athletes have been dropped, a lot of Nike athletes have been dropped um, because they had to get in sort of 12 races within the year and obviously the whole world was in lockdown and there weren't really any races. So they couldn't get those those 12 races in um, and so the, the, the contract dropped them um, from that. So a lot of the, the likes of Brooks, um, said to their athletes, "Don't worry about it." Similar to Hoka and, and other yeah. other brands, but yeah, Nike dropped a lot of athletes, and it, to be fair, it, it left um, a lot of, left a lot of windows open for other other brands to get involved. And you're Puma's not, you're, Puma's you're not got involved. About women, though, no, no, that was across the board. That was yeah. yeah, men and women in, in that regard. But yeah, uh, regarding sort of the 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 is it sort of like a pregnancy clause within the Nike contracts that basically um, yeah, if, if you got pregnant, sort of thing, you you still had to achieve the. The, uh, the number of races you have to get in your, in your contract and everything like that. There was no sort of like, you know, that maternity sort of... Protection. Even yeah. protection from it sort of thing. So. Okay, I, yeah, I can see... Um, yeah, I can see that, that, that Rachel would be upset about that. Yeah. Well, many people, as, many as someone were. who's had a child... <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, not, you know, and I ran up until 37 weeks. I say run, I was, it, was, it was a bit more of a plod by that point. And I just decided I'd enough. So I stopped at 37 weeks and I started again doing run walk like a run walk couch to 5k program about four weeks after i had sam so i had seven weeks off altogether but ultimately i'd had 11 months off from training i'd ran but you can't you can't train not not really when you're pregnant because you just can't put that stress on your body you've had your first child and you approximately 35 maybe when you had no i was was 33 i was 33 when i had sam um and obviously i wanted to get back into to running because i I love it you know it's it's a big part of my life um and it's it's difficult juggling. Well, you saw what Sam was like in the shop. It's difficult juggling a, yeah. a, a child, and at that phase, they need a lot of obviously care and attention. Your sleep is up the wall. 
you're getting to know a new person, obviously, which is why you're off work because you, it's, it's, a, it's a really demanding job. And then your body has gone through so much change. You know, your ligaments are, are really loose. You know, I couldn't even do like a bridge. You know, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, every time I did a bridge, I'd, my pelvis would wobble because I'd lost all that strength because obviously, I'm sorry, it's a big graphic, but in preparation for birth, all your, your ligaments loosen. To, to able to, to, to give birth properly but you people you know people don't appreciate that you've got to build it all back up again it, it doesn't come back overnight it takes time well, I mean, on that come back at me if you if you wish a professional female athlete has made that choice to do what she, she's got the sponsorship she could be in her early 20s she developed through the system and she's got what she wants and she's right at the peak she's mm-hmm. of the she can have children later on later and later at, potentially after the career maybe. It's a choice, isn't it, as well, maybe? Yeah, but it's it not guaranteed. Be, yeah. My mum waited after her career. Yeah. Um, so she, was, a she, was, she, was, she was 40 when we had uh, me, me brother. Yeah. Um, she was quite late on. Uh, but to be fair, she never wanted children up until just randomly decided one year that she wanted she decided she was wanted one and, and I came along. But um, but we've got, um, I suppose, on that, um, a nice one to touch on is uh, Alafine Tumanuk. Um, who runs for the North Arizona Elite uh, Hoker Squad? Oh yeah. Um, yeah who yeah. won the U.S. Olympic Trials yes, Marathon yes, last year, yeah. um, and then um, her plan was after the Olympics was to have a child, but obviously mm-hmm. the Olympics got cancelled. She mapped out that she had a, a nine-month period where if she could get pregnant, she could have the child and recover in time to compete at the Olympics. Yeah. Um, she gave birth in, in January, early Jan, uh, and obviously now is 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 on the way to to getting herself back into training and, and ready for the. Um, ready for the Olympic Games and yeah. I, it was quite an interesting one when I first read that story and, and listened to her on a podcast and stuff and I because I, I was split in my head I was like how is she gonna like there's, there's a big risk there from like doing that so to much, get back so to sort of to yeah. get back in shape when you're like you know the pressure's on you, you know you're the number one American you've made the Olympic team you, you're guaranteed to, uh, you know to, to go to the Olympics um, to then go away and, and, and risk potentially a, a you know a medal at the at the olympics to have a child and then you know and it was like oh, i couldn't and as a man i was like i was like oh wow well of course like mine would be like well the olympics is, is going to outweigh but it was a i was like trying to think of it and loads of um uh, podcasts i was listening to uh, so like the alley on the run podcast and stuff like that they're all really praising her and stuff and things and i was i was splitting my head and i tried to have the discussion with my mum and I can't remember now what she said to me, but I wonder what your thoughts on that. What, what, what was your? Um, I mean, and the life's all about choices, isn't it? And you know, if she, if you know, if she, she wanted a family. That that's what she wanted more than anything. And you know, an Olympic gold medal, of course, yeah, it's what you strive to as a, as an athlete. But at the same time, nothing beats your family. So she would have, she would, you know, if she wanted to have a child and she could fit it in, fair, fair play to her, hats mm. off to her because it's it's. It's hard, and also there's no guarantee she would have got pregnant during that time. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. the stars, have, all the stars <laughs> have got to be aligned for these things to happen. So, you know, I'm glad it did have, did happen in that way. She's already got the confidence that she's got the place, yeah. so she she knows she's not got to qualify again to, to take part in the Olympics. Gave birth in January, and the Olympics are what in Ju- July, so she's got seven months. It's yeah. Yeah, and I, 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 she, I, she can she can do it. Yeah, and to be, to be fair, I've remembered what my mum said. Now my mum said that she said. Um, Obviously, like there's there's seen scientific studies proven that um, after pregnancy, because of the, the release of um, hormones, everything like human growth, growth hormones were, uh, increased, uh, yeah. everything like that, that actually there's been sign that performance can increase after after pregnancy. Um, so even like back in like the eighties sort of thing, and I think we touched on this with with Kelly, um, there were a lot of Russians that were actually 
told yeah. a maid to get pregnant so you know in the build-up to olympic years and stuff like that so that you could have that boost of performance um uh, liz mccoglin um had, yeah. a, had a great year after having uh, given birth to, to ailish yeah well, she, um, she, she, she did she win the worlds yeah 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 under ten thousand meters yeah um, so they're having children to run faster or, or or on the other hand it could be there's more reason to run because you, you want to make everyone count so the, the way i see it at the moment is if I've got an hour to train, I've got to make it the best hour I can because I'm not, I can't get that time again. I can't go out another two hours later. Yeah. I've got I've got to maximise it, and then when I come home, I'm back in mum mode again as, as best I can. You know, I don't want what I do to impact on on Sam too much, but I want him to be part of it as as well. So you know, from Liz McCoolgood, she wants probably want to go out there and just you know run the hardest race she could do to justify the training that she's put in, and I think mentally. Um, you know, after after going through childbirth and stuff, I do think you come out a bit stronger as well because your body's achieved something, you know, quite yeah, quite yeah. spectacular. And I do think you come out a bit a bit stronger as a result. So you know, track sessions are not as hard. They ha- feel hard at the time, but you know, pushing something out is a lot harder. Believe me. We'll take your word for it. <laughs> a big shout out to Daniel Merrick today. Ran down the Sankey Canal with him a couple of hours down the Sankey Canal, oh, and he's right. in search of that Strider record. And he he said, I, "I could well be his lucky charm. I don't know, maybe." <laughs> <laughs> Got a marathon lined up in um, May, I think it is May. It's been pushed back to May. Is this this Boston one? That's the one. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. Is that, is that the one that Tom Chadwick's doing yeah, yeah, as well? That one. Yeah. And also, I didn't know about Dan. He's a yoga teacher, qualified is he? yoga teacher. And at the end of our session, we went through some moves, you know. Did you do the tree? And uh, no, well, I loved, I like the tree, but we didn't do the tree. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna, he's gonna help us all potentially in the future wow, if we can. Really good. Uh, yeah, 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 that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, please continue, Rachel. The floor is yours. Plastics, by the way, you're a huge supporter of recycling. And you know I'm a, I'm a bin man, don't you? I'm now, are you, are you really? I'm recycling, gonna, recycling I'm going right? along the collecting the plastics. And, you know. I mean, and I've got choices to make. And as I'm going yes. along, Rachel, I'm, I'm, I've got choices, you know, and plastics and mix. You know, people get it wrong. You know, they leave cans of beans half empty and stuff. But you yourself are a huge advocate of, of recycling seen some of your posts fur trade and all this uh, i really i really like that um when you're discussing this social media that's where i'm getting to mm-hmm. social media for me i remember that conversation we had years ago regarding i wanted to write the articles um, for, for the for the club and you said well you've got to be on facebook i didn't really want to be on, i got on facebook and yeah. I, I managed to write them you know for me social <laughs> media yeah, for this, Rachel. Social, <laughs> social media is it's, I don't, I don't think it works, I really don't. And when you're trying to convince people to recycle, yeah, you do have a voice, you know, the, the mother of all mothers has a voice and people listen, but I don't think, I think it's small scale, I don't think it works, I really don't think it works. I don't think people, um, and I remember you saying to me once, you said, um, God, I wish, I wish I had, I think you mentioned sort of, re- you know, I didn't, I didn't want distractions and I wanted to read because I'd started reading for the first time in my life, you know, this was five, five years, six years ago. So you said, I wish I could do that. I wish I could, could do, drop social media. 
How do you think it works with the running social media? Is it working for you? You're always banging on about plastics on social media. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Is that more about your ego or is it more about you, 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 wanting, you wanting to genuinely change society and help them get on board with your mission? I'm genuinely trying to um, share ideas about how we can change the way we live to reduce the impact on the planet and I don't want to sound all green PC because I'm you know at the end of the day I've, I've, got, I've got a diesel car like you know I'm not I'm not perfect I want to get an electric car at some point but I'm not perfect um but I've just what I'm trying to do is change small parts of my life that actually it's not that difficult to do so for, um, for example I found a shop in Lee and you can buy everything loose so when it comes to like rice pearl barley um porridge oats you can buy them loose and you can go and take your own Glass jar, so you don't need any plastic. So, well, you've got to travel to Lee, though. They deliver to. They oh, deliver. Deliver. Well, they've, they're still in a mission, is it? There's, everything has a carbon footprint. Every other, yes, it's about minimising. Yeah, you, we can't get. And if everybody did what you were doing, it wouldn't work, would it? Because it just wouldn't work, you know. Well, and, it, and it's it, not going to happen. It's either. all it's, consumerism is all about supply and demand. So yeah. as long as people go and buy something in a plastic container, plastic containers will continue to be made. So the more people that stop buying them and go for alternative methods, eventually the big, and to be fair, the big supermarkets are starting to listen and take note. But if you look at all the fruits and veg in all the supermarkets, it's just covered in plastic unnecessarily. It's, and it, that will go straight to landfill. I agree, not listen, I agree with you on the issues, but for me it's the production of the plastic. That's the big issue. Well, it and, is on all the materials. And, and there's to people making it. a lot of money from producing it, and yeah, it's going yeah, to continue yeah. to be produced, sadly, um, until maybe, maybe even a... a the government, you know, they, there's a, there's they get involved and they no, know, come no, down, no, but they're no, in no. cahoots, they're making a lot of money, let's face it. On plastics, they are, and that's it's produced to make money. I know, and, I know. and it's, 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 it's you going down to Lee, you know, or them coming to you with it, you know, I just don't see the big picture, I don't see it working. Well, I, well, I, I like I the feel, idea, I like the okay. appreciate Well, the I idea. feel better knowing that my bin is not as full of stuff that's going to be on the planet for another thousand years because oh, I'm buying true. less of it. And, you know, and maybe since I've become a mum and I'm, so, I'm sort of thinking, what kind of world am I leaving for my son? And at the moment, it's not looking good. Now, you spend a lot of time on social media, so just finish that, address that point oh, yeah, regarding running, one. because you're always on the running-related, you know. Uh, and for me, it's time wasted for me. And I, I waste time on there. I'm not perfect. Yeah. I want to I wanna detract. I want to get away from all that. And I want to live a more peaceful... I think it's it's sort of circulating thoughts all the time, I want to calm down, I want to focus on things, but where do you see the positive sort of, and where the negatives, do you, do you accept Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to use it less, in some ways I am, I'm not spending as much time on it, because you, you just get stuck, get stuck in the endless scroll, and I watched that programme on Netflix, and for life me, I can't remember what it's called now, um, it was about, about the guys from like Google, and um, Instagram and that some yeah, of people used to be yeah. like the like chief execs or chief engineers and one of the guys invented the endless scroll and they all regret it now because what they're saying is the you know we're addicted to this technology that have basically been invented by these tech guys in California with no thinking about what the after effect is going to be on people's mental health on things like trolling and all the other awful things that, that can come out of it if, if it's not used properly um, I don't want to spend too much time on it because anymore because i just think there's there's too much living to do and i think covid has sort of taught us that we're not infallible we're just we're a species on the planet and actually you know we've all got a finite time we're going to make sure we make the most of it and i'm pretty sure when i'm 90 i'm not going to think oh i wish i spent more time on facebook please address this idea that people are on 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 social media and every run that they do it's posted out there 
What's it all about? I don't know. Um, well, if, I think if some people are going through a bit of a, a low period and they, and they want to celebrate having a good run, great. And it's all, you know, that's, that's okay. the positive side yeah. of things. And, yeah. um, you know, that's where Striders, Striders is a really positive club. And, you know, we celebrate all successes because if it's, if it's a success to that person, then it should be celebrated. It's not just about running, running the fastest or winning something. It's about everyone overcoming their own personal battles or personal achievements. Um, look, at, look at Katie Taggart. She's run... For the last was it one thousand? I can't remember. Yeah, it's 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 over one thousand one hundred. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so about that. She's run every day. She ran a thousand and hundred days nonstop, and she keep. How amazing is that? I can't do that. But what I like, what what I like about (laughs) Katie doing that is she she doesn't. She's not in your face about that on on Facebook because there's quite a lot of like runners that do similar sort of thing. Okay. With a run every day. Yeah. And they're like making this like I I met with a fella who wanted the shop to sponsor him. Oh right. And um, he's sponsored by Nike. He, was, he has a contract by Nike, um, and I don't know whether this is the, the the traditional athlete side of me that doesn't like this sort of thing that he's got. He's, he's contracted by Nike. He gets paid by Nike. He gave up his job to be to do to just run every day. Yeah. He does five k every day, paid by Nike. Um, does like a little video that he's going on his run, everything that, and posts about it. And and I'm like, well, surely like a, a an up and coming star or athlete could have that money from Nike and, and that kit and stuff like that. And yeah, it's going yeah. to some guy who's running, you know. Uh, you know, a, ni- a nice sort of time for a 5k, th- th- around 30 minutes he does, but it's sort of, it's like, you know, anyone could sort of, well, not anyone, but you've got to work together, but, you know, a lot of people could go out and run 30 minutes of 5k and do yeah. that, and it's not, ne- running every day doesn't necessarily increase benefit, you know, sort of things, you know, Ron Hill built a lot into it, I mean, mum always says Ron Hill's the blame for that sort of thing, because it, yeah. it wasn't a sensible thing, lots of runners did it and got injured doing it, yes, and it's, yeah, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, Katie does it, and she's, she's not in your face about it, she just, you know, she, it's something she's done, it's a fantastic achievement yeah, to yeah. done, um, but she's not, she's not, journey. yeah, she's not rubbing it in your face sort of thing, whereas I think some people on social media do that, and they make it, in, and, they're, and they're sort of really like, shouting out, oh yeah, look at this, and, and it's like, because I know John Joe calls me out sometimes and says I post on social media too much, and I don't think I'm. I don't think I post that much on social media. Yeah, I, do, um, I, do. I think you're, and, uh, you're a perfect example who you come across on social media as, as like someone that you're not. You know, I think John Joe doesn't spend as much time on social media to know what I'm posting on social media because I I, yeah. I very rarely post on social media unless I've either done something really good that I'm really pleased about or yeah. I've I've. You know, a negative where it, like a lot when I lost uh, when I nearly got lapped at the England champs and, well, and finished last. Then I posted about. When that. I look around me, Rachel, Rachel's gonna have the final word on this. Don't worry. But when I look around me and I, I worry about Sam, you know, I worry about this generation, not this generation, generation ahead of me. You know, that they're in the fit and they're all glued to the phones. They're walking down the road. How sad is I've that? I've seen people cycling. That is sad. Which is really it's dangerous. Sad. But yeah, dangerous. It's, sad. it's, it's yeah. Yeah, yeah. socially. Yeah. We call it social media, but it's not. It's the opposite. Isn't it it, it because, is the opposite. Yeah. So the final word to the lovely young lady Rachel Fairclough on this particular issue, please. <laughs> I think yeah, we're we're at risk of it killing. I say killing society, killing perhaps what we would consider to be you know normal in social environments. You've tried to cut it down. How do you do that? Because it's is it working? How do yeah, you do so on the on the iPhone you can switch apps off after a certain time. So after nine o'clock it doesn't let me go on them anymore. It, it, right, so okay, I know it's a bit, it's a bit, radical, it's a bit radi- yeah. radical and then it, yeah I have screen time set so I'm set to like 25 minutes a day on social media. Right, and then it cuts off. And then it cuts that's, off. That's yeah. a good one for people who are listening and they want to get in. They want to 
yeah, 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 yeah. Because otherwise, you you know, it'd be five minutes spare. Oh, I'll just check my phone. You don't need to because in the good old days, you'd either have a conversation or you'd look around or you'd listen. You know, you'd be more aware of what's what's happening outside. You'd be, yeah, you'd be more present, I think. Yes, we're not we're not very present. So that's mm. a quite a good way of putting it. Yeah, I was reading the Saturday Star quite quite a few months ago, and I came across this article on on. on social media selling a particular book yeah. you know and, and um, I wrote it down and um, I'm going to purchase that book it was oh the title of it uh, really it's, it's stuck home it spoke to you that much you've completely and utterly <laughs> forgotten yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ambitions for the future Rachel okay. ambitions so, ambitions to go back to the marathon that's yeah, my yeah. that's my long term. Do you have a coach? Have you replaced Doctor Phil? I don't I don't like the word replace because Doctor Phil, to be honest, is irreplaceable, and I, and I really miss him. But um, as a coach, you you obviously I, benefited so much I from did, him. Yeah, I where did. is the coach now? So I think I, I think Phil's plan was to get me to a point where I could coach myself, and technically I, I could, but with with work being so busy and home life and stuff, um, it's it, it's better for me to be told what to do. Then I can just go and do it. So I don't yeah. have to do the thinking involved. So, so I have if you're listening out there, Rachel's looking for a new no, coach. No, I have got a coach. Oh, you've got one. I've got a coach. If Who is it? Um, Jenny, Jenny Clay from Liverpool Harriers. Oh, uh, yeah. Be good. How long has she been working with you? Um, yeah, a couple, couple of months. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she's a very experienced marathon runner. And, so. and you both put your heads together. It's the marathon that you... you, you yeah, yeah, so yeah. we're doing... Well, I've got the Wrexham Half Marathon um, end of April. So that's just... I've not raced for over a year, so let, let's just see what, what I've got in the legs. I've got Manchester Marathon in October. That'll be my first marathon since 2015, so it's quite a big gap. Um, so that's more about, I think I'm capable of getting a PB, but that's just more about getting used to the distance again. And then my long-term goal is to get a sub three. I think Are I'm you going to be doing these triathlons alongside this this? Is Jenny going to allow you that? Yeah, well, yeah, because no, Jenny understands, um, A, that I like doing it, and B, the um the benefit of, of cross training the timing for this triathlon that kelly and i are doing isn't the best it's about three weeks before manchester oh. and i was hoping it was going to be in june so it's not the best however it is only a sprint so um and i'm already cycling every week anyway so it's just about you know it's about just not falling tweaking, off the bike falling off the bike <laughs> and tweaking it a few weeks before i go but I, you know for the last sort of four to five years, I wanted to, to make the age group team, and I've finally done it now. So for me, it was a bit, you know, I'd you, like to do it again, but it's I wanted it was on my list of things to do. You yourself are a fully qualified coach. Yeah. Of some, yeah. tell us about that, and and tell us potentially in the future you're hoping to get involved and coach athletes, or are you coaching them right now? So um, I've been a run leader with Strider since 2012, and then I became a coach in 2016. Um, so at the moment I don't actively coach people sort of one-on-one week-on-week because I haven't got the capacity so for me you know if you're going to truly coach somebody you're with them like Dr Phil was every Tuesday and Thursday at the track seeing watching listening and giving active feedback and I haven't got the time for that but I do write plans for people if they want it free of charge must add, never, never charged. I remember but. you promised me that once. <laughs> Did I? Sorry. <laughs> no, I, to yeah, be fair, he wouldn't, have, he wouldn't I, have followed it anyway, <laughs> would he? I, mean? I think I gave you some ideas, and you sort of looked at me and was like, "No," because you were still no, boxing at the time, and you didn't want to give up the boxing. No, I, I'm not a boxer. God, no, you, with no, a face like mine. You, you, I'm sure you used to do some boxing. Yeah, I did a little bit. Yeah, he did. He, he rocked up to the ring for 10k, beat uh, black and blue, hadn't he? <laughs> oh, at, I at, did at that. The time. <laughs> um, so I, 
and I think the important thing about coaching generally is being able to, to listen to what the athlete is saying and, and get the feedback and respond to it. You know, a plan is only written in pencil because you change it week on week depending on what's happening. And I think my concern about um, some of these online coaches that you get is you just get the plan and you don't get the follow through. Mm. And true coaching is about listening and looking at the individual and, and tailoring it to them and not just something you can pull off the internet. I remember when you were looking at me and said, I'll, I'll, I'll get a plan back to you. It never happened. <laughs> Sorry, well, I must have been really busy. No, you were busy. You and were, that's why I don't want to overcommit You were to creating people. Sam. And Sam. As I know. How do you know Sam? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, do, we, do you have any more questions for, for Rachel? Because... It's been an entertaining show, and I'm sure. By the way, you know we're twelve. We are in Slovakia, where I've been four or five times because I've got an old friend who has a place out there in the wilderness. It's been a lovely country. We are twelfth podcast in Slovakia. Running, 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 really? Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. it's That's amazing. amazing. So go, those Slovakians. I love them. So keep listening, will you? <laughs> <laughs> My mother said to me. I had a haircut the other day, actually, you know, and um, don't want to talk too much about my haircut for my cousin, you know. And I went round uh, my mother's, and she said I looked like Adolf Hitler. She didn't tell me that when I was drinking something. <laughs> I said, really? Nah, he wasn't that bad, was he? You know, but he was. <laughs> I think we're getting a bit too, bit too political, though. You can never be too political. Listen, Rachel, we love you so much. We've got some precious gifts for you. We have indeed, we have indeed. Matthew, hold the fort. I must go back to the storeroom, the back of Made to Run. Here we are. Well, Rachel, we know, we know you're very much a supporter of fur trade. So here is a bottle of fur trade wine. Oh, thank you. you. That's really kind. Oh, it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. Oh, wow. Okay. Well... A wonderful glass Guinness. It's Brilliant. good for your health, so they say. Thank you. Thanks. And because, and... despite the fact that Matthew can't cycle, he can't ride a bike, will you teach him? Yes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> there you go, Matthew. She's going to teach you how to cycle. He can't cycle, despite the fact that we're not sure about the sport. We're not sure. when you See, when you bring in technology, mm. it's all good and well. You know, Britain win it loads of medals on bikes, but some parts of the world they don't have bikes, they don't have the infrastructure for you to get out on bicycles. No, true. So it becomes unfair. As soon as you introduce technology, it becomes more and more unfair. And hence, Mr. Chris Hoy, a signed copy oh, of wow. Chris Hoy and the si Heroes, Villains, and Velodromes. Thank you very much. That's really kind. Thank you. There you go. I'll add that to my reading list. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you very much. So thanks very much for coming on the show, Rachel. It's been uh, a pleasure, thank you. Hope you've all enjoyed it, guys. Tune in next week. I think uh, John Joe's getting getting We've plenty, got plenty of guests coming on. Amazing so. guests, amazing. We've got the. Well, we're not going to tell you about them now because that's a secret. No, so I won't, uh, tell, I won't give away the names. But we've got the star of Channel Five. We've got a professor, dietitian. I won't name the university. It's such a prominent fixture. Not far away, though. Not far away. So we're looking forward. Exciting times. Um, I remember a certain uh, runner. He keeps being mentioned. Let me ask you, do you know this name? Marty McLaughlin. Do you know that name? I think so, yeah. Yeah, you know him because 
when I talk to the golden old oldies, which I do enjoy talking to, experience and learning, you know, his name crops up time and time again. And when you look at the results, you see his name right at the top, time and time again. Mm. We're looking forward to potentially having Marty on the show. So far. So, yeah. Brilliant. Rachel, the final word with you. Have you got anything, anything, anything to say to our listeners? Um, hope you've enjoyed it and hope everyone is doing well and we're nearly there in terms of lockdown so let's let's hope we all get back running and racing really soon.